On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, could a former Dallas Stars blue liner be the answer for the Canucks back end, especially on the right side? We continue our player projections with a look at Russian sophomore Vasily Podkolzin and the reverse retro 2.0 has been leaked. And I give you guys my thoughts on the Canucks potential new alternate jersey on a Locked On Canucks on a Monday, July the 25th. And of course, it starts right now. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. Of course, today is our Monday. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Of course, you can find me underscore process sports. You can find our show's Twitter at Locked on Canucks. Please also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, I want to thank you for making Locked on Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast services. So, as I mentioned at the top, we're in that kind of time, that period now where uh, the offseason is kind of in full effect. You know, end of July to August, September, end of September-ish. It's a slow period um, in, you know, the sporting world and especially the hockey landscape. You see, you know, most reporters and insiders are all on vacation. The GMs take a break. Guys are back in their practice training and they are still, you know, they're just enjoying their off seasons. Um, and, you know, things kind of go quiet. Well, of course, this past Friday, uh, things didn't get quiet with Matthew Kachuk. And, of course... In the Canucks land, things are still very loud because there's still work to be done. Of course, we're still waiting for a JT Miller trade. Um, but some news dropped today um, where it was reported that the Canucks were one of the teams very, very interested in trying to figure out how to clear some cap space to acquire John Klingberg, one of the Major free agents, along with Nazim Qadri, still available um, for grabs. So um, apparently the speculation was that the trade that never happened from draft day was a larger part of this. You know, person reporting, it believes the connection to trade Myers to the Islanders, and that fell through late. And potentially it could have been because Myers has a no-trade clause. Uh, and of course, with that being the case, the Canucks were not able to clear the cap space to sign, uh, said John Klingberg. And nobody else has to. You look at it, he's still, um, you know, available on the market. He is 29, but he's a right shot defensive. And we know how big um, that is, especially um, in the NHL where these guys are um, hot commodities. And of course, John Klingberg has had, you know, some decent seasons uh, in Dallas, where you know he's put up some decent amount of points, um, you know he, I believe, I think his highest, his career high in points was I think he had a sixty, I mean sixty-seven points he had in two thousand and seventeen, eighteen. 
Uh, you know, then he's had, you know, 40 points, 58 point season, 49, 45, you know, then he had 47 this year. So you can tell the guy that puts up 50, you know, 50 odd points a year, but uh, what is he going to cost? You know, now reports are indicating that he wanted a lot of money. Uh, he was asking for, you know, a, a, a big ticket deal, such as JT Miller. Um, but as the reports continue to go on about John Klingberg, um, that could Vancouver still be in the market for him? Now, um, I don't think so. If you look at the cap situation in Dallas, they still have um, a little bit over 11 or in and around the $11 million range, uh, which, you know, you have to think that with Klingberg being on the market coming into August, uh, that he probably won't get the same big offer he would have gotten or that might have been pitched to him uh, in the beginning of the free agency period. So there's still available, um, you know, cap space in Dallas for him to go back. Um, but they still have to, um, you know, they still have to resign Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger, who, of course, broke out in these playoffs. So, um, you know, the Stars also, you know, signed uh, Mason Marchment uh, and uh, Colin Mill on the right side defense. So, there is still a possibility that the six foot three defenseman, you know, could you know fit in, slide right in, probably play with Oliver Ekman Larson, who they are really good friends with. Um, of course, the Canucks, you know, love the Swedes. Patrick Alvin has not been um, too shy about that. Um, but if the way I only see Klingberg signing is if a they make a trade and clear cap space because as we know they have no cap space. But do you really want to trade Tyler Myers? Because there is a shortage of right-hand defensemen. Could you trade, you know, a Pearson and a, a Dickinson to clear up, you know, almost six, five, something, six million in cap space and to get Klingberg there? Now, would he take a severely large haircut that he could probably get elsewhere to play in Vancouver to play with his friend OEL? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Um, so... It's possible, you know, the Canucks have, you know, very found tradition with Swedes uh, in the organization, of course, Elias Pettersson, um, Oliver Ekman Larson, you know, Patrick Alvin, the GM, the list goes on and on, Niels Hoaglander, um, the prospect pool. So the Canucks, of course, have been rich in history with Swedes. Um, Henrik and Daniel Sr. are still part of the organization. So could John Klingberg be like, you know what, I, I want to play here. Um, I feel comfortable here. Uh, this is where I want to be. Um, I That doesn't I, st- I believe that, you know, that could be the case, but this is the situation we're in, folks. The Canucks have no money. Even if you trade a Garland, Pearson, and Dixon, they could squeeze him in. But then again, that you lose your depth. And I think Connor Garland, as we know, uh, is a valuable commodity to this team and what he can play for. Um, but he is, you know, other than JT Miller, you know, probably the next best asset to trade out. So, Sticking with the Klingberg thing, I think it was a cool little pipe dream and the Canucks may have been interested, but it's kind of like what happened with Johnny Goudreau to Philly. Um, Goudreau may want to go to Philly and Klingberg may want to come to Vancouver, but there has to be work work to be done by the management team that they potentially just can't do. You can't make the necessary moves to free up cap space. They don't want to... The Canucks don't want to attach sweeteners to certain assets. They... They're asset strapped. They're not the deepest organization. So that that all ties back into the JT, Mil- JT Miller trade or not. Hell's going on with that. Um, and I think that's the connection is now until something happens, right? And I foresee, I kind of see this simmering for a while, you know, six, probably six weeks. 
Um, and then, you know, a couple of weeks before here, you know, either trade talks intensify or you might hear some contract negotiations intensify with JT Miller. And who knows where John Klingberg is by then? Is he desperate enough where he just, you know, takes whatever deal he can get on the low um, and then the Canucks figure it out? Or, you know, how does that play out? So it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, what transpires with the Canucks uh, going forward and their cap situation, how they can, you know, fill this defense court. Because as I said before, um, Calgary's not going to be as good. I don't think Vegas will be as good. But there's still teams that are just as good as the Canucks. So the Canucks didn't make the playoffs last year. So, yes, the Canucks forward group and goaltending, two-thirds of the Canucks, you know, roster is very solid. The defense is the weak point, and that's potentially the most important point, right? So uh, I'm intrigued to see what transpires over the next couple of weeks with the Canucks and uh, their front office and how they go about, you know, building this defense core and how they try to clear captures that we've talked about. So, um, but just to tie it up on John Klingberg, I don't foresee it happening. I don't see a guy who's 29 to take that big of a pay cut just to come to Vancouver when he can make more money elsewhere. So I don't think the John Klingberg to Vancouver uh, talk should further because it's just not going to happen. So that's that. Um, speaking of talk and, you know, what's going to happen coming in next season, coming up after this break, we're going to dive into Vasily Podkolzin and kind of talk about what will be a successful season for the Russian sophomore. But first, I want to talk to you guys about betonline.net, which is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your odds, your betting needs, excuse me. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, we are back. And like as I mentioned, we are going to dive into look at Canucks sophomore Vasily Podkolzin, who, of course, the 21-year-old right winger played 79 games last year, scored 14 goals, 12 assists for 26 points. He, of course, is heading into his second year of his entry-level deal. Um, when I look back at 2021, uh, it was a good season, not a great season that we've seen before from like Quinn Hughes, Elias Patterson, Brock Best, when they kind of burst onto the scene. Uh, but there's a lot of good, a lot of good things to have with Vasily Podkos. Now, I spoke about it before. Um, there's no question how much he loves the game of hockey. You know, um, people, you know, many players said he just loves to play. He loves to learn, which are great qualities to have. Um, you know, and just by the point we saw where, you know, he was trying to speak in media scrums, speak English. And of course he's over from Russia. Doesn't, you know, new to the city. Um, but you know, just that, that was evident to me that this kid wants to work, wants to integrate himself, wants to be, a real pro in the NHL. Um, you know, he averaged the seventh most ice time on the team around the end of the year. Um, he scored, you know, 14 goals. There's nothing to sneeze at from the NHL. You, he has skill to put the puck in the back of the net. Um, his, you know, I think that you could see that the two-way game is there. You know, he was never a liability on the defensive end for the Canucks. You saw that. You saw the offensive you know, skills were there. You know, he, of course, you know, the way I see it going for Pod Colson, um, 
is kind of like this. Can he fit into the top six? Absolutely. Um, I think he has all the skills to be a top six player. Uh, play that kind of sandpaper, two-way game. Uh, you know, could score some goals and also play, you know, some penalty killing. Um, and I think the Canucks want to give that to him. You know, of course, um, he's going to be competing with his fellow Russians, Andre Kuzmenko and Ilya Mikheyev to get those top six minutes. Um, he needs to work on his skating still. I think skating still is, you know, not where I would want it to be for him. But it's not, it's not like he's a bad skater. He's always room for improvement. Um, and I think, you know, you always talk about this, you know, trade bait and would the Canucks want to get rid of this prospect and move on from him? Absolutely not. I think we're all in agreement here that with Vasily Podkolzin this year, the Canucks are going to have two other Russians um, there. And as I mentioned, Ilya Mikheyev and Andrei Kuzmenko, which will help all three of them. You know, Mikheyev's been in the league for a few years, coming from the KHL. Of course, Kuzmenko is brand new, and Podkolzin is a year in. So those three there can all, you know, work together within the team setting and bond together uh, and grow. And I think that's important. The Canucks have set up their Russian players for success. There's other Russians on the team. You know, they have a great leadership core. You know, we've talked about that. And players like to play for Bruce Brujo. And Bruce Brujo has a pedigree coaching great Russian players. You know, he you know he coached Alexander Ovechkin, the greatest Russian player of all time. Coached guys like Semin, Orlov, Varlamov, um, Kuz, Kuznetsov. You know, he can coach these. I think he was with the, the Fedorov too. Uh, in Washington. So Bruce Brujo knows how to pl- coach um, Russian players. The Canucks have set up their Russian players to success. Um, and I think Vasily Podkolzin will grow next year. I think another year under his belt, another full offseason, him getting stronger, bigger, faster, um, and understanding the game. Of course, you know, coming from overseas, coming to North America, learning the North American game, because it's on a smaller sheet of ice, you have less space. You know, guys are super fast. Guys are big. Guys are physical. How do you, you know, build your body? How do you adjust to the game? As much as it's hockey all over the world, it's a different game, right? You know, you go to Europe and you see they play a more a different style game. They play North America. Ice is one thing, but also the way they're taught. So, Pod Coles is coming over, you know, having, you know, spurts of success. You know, he did struggle like any rookie does, but he also had moments where, you know, he showed flashes of, hey, this guy is a real player. Um, and I think we all have a silly Pod Colson is a real legitimate player in Vancouver. And looking at season and what that should look like, we know there's playmaking. Uh, he's got great energy. He works along, you know, the, he's able to get in the corners and be, you know, muck it up. So what would another successful season for Vasily Pod Colson be? Well, just look at the stat line wise, you know, he's probably going to slot in on a second or third line. Maybe we'll get some power play time. So he might not get, you know, certain, I think at least as the season starts, you know, he will get a look at to be in the top nine for sure. But will he have to earn a spot to be in the top six? Absolutely. So that's why training camp will be imperative for him. If he is able to crack into the top six and, you know, gain more trust with Bruce Boudreaux and really show that, you know, he's put the work in, uh, I definitely that's a positive step forward. But I think this is the logjam up front, especially right now. I think Pod Colson will probably play on a third line role, maybe with like, you know, Garland, he, Garland, and because as the current lines constitute, I think it's Miller, Pettis, and Besser, those three. Then I think it's Horvat, Mikheyev, Kuzmenko, um, something like that. And then it's probably going to be Garland, Dickinson, Pod Colson, 
uh, then Lazar. Um, who else am I missing? Other two people right there. Pearson and somebody else, right? Um, so I think he'll play in the top nine for sure. Can he move his way up in the lineup? For sure. Um, so stat-wise, if Pod Coles and you know get the same, you know, 15 to 16 goals, uh, you know, 20 to 25 assists, you know, around 30 points, 35 points again. Uh, I, I think that would be positive. I don't foresee him maybe cracking a 20 goal barrier. That might be a, another season, but I just want to see you know his game develop, him get stronger, um, you know, him becoming more comfortable. Uh, and you know, taking maybe more penalty killing role, being more of that 200 foot player for the Canucks. Um, and I think over time, once the likes of Dickinson and Pearson and Garland and these contracts expire, and they're going to need him to step up alongside Niels Hoglander, who probably will play on the fourth line as well, will have to take a lower role. Um, what do the Canucks do? I think um, Hoglander and Pod Coles have the talent to be, you know, top six forwards, like when they cap out. Um, but it's a log jam. So I want to see development from Pod Coles in, in this 200-foot game, his skating. Um, the scoring we know will come. Um, so I don't expect a huge jump in points, but I just want to see the progression of his game and just him becoming more comfortable um, on the ice, learning the North American game, and also off the ice. Um, and with all indications with this kid, um, I think the sky is the limit for him, and I think that you know great things will come. And I think the Canucks have themselves a player uh, for a long time in Vasily Podkolzin. So that is that. Tomorrow, um, I'm going to slide over to the back end uh, of the team. I want to start diving into the defense core because I think that's one of the biggest amount of work. So tomorrow, we'll take a look, start looking, taking a look at the Canucks in defense. Um, but after this final break, we are going to dive into one of my favorite topics, jerseys. And we're going to talk about the new leaks of the Canucks and their reverse retro jersey. So stick around for that. Welcome back to the show called Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. Before we get into um, the reverse retro jersey, um, Machine Gun Kelly, well-known artist, rapper, all of that stuff, um, you know, dating Megan Fox, uh, was had a concert in Vancouver where he wore the Canucks Hockey Fights Cancer jersey, uh, which was a beautiful touch. And just, to, you know, I thought that was awesome. He's here in Vancouver on Saturday. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly. I'm not a big MGK guy, but to wear that jersey was cool. Just builds the street cred, street cred up of the Canucks. I remember Drake wore a Canucks jersey a few times. Uh, same with Snoop Dogg and all of that. So uh, kudos to that. But sticking with jerseys, over the weekend as well, the Canucks' new reverse retro jerseys may have been leaked um, on Facebook Marketplace, of all places. Um, of course, uh, you know, it was all in a frenzy, all online. Uh, the Johnny Canuck jersey, the long-awaited Johnny Canuck jersey. Uh, you've all probably seen the photo of it with the, you know, the navy blue jersey with the green and white trim on the, the stripes on the thing, and then the Johnny Canuck uh, logo in the center with the uh, kind of design on the pants. Um, this was, everybody's saying it's based off the 1962 Vancouver Canucks from the Western League uh, before they were in the NHL. Um, and when I think about the Johnny Canuck logo, when I look at this jersey, my first look is, well, I like what Abbotsford did with the Johnny Canuck um, logo. I, I, I like that, right? I thought that was kind of cool. Um, this jersey, when I look at it, 
I like it. I don't like it more than the other reverse retro ones, the tie-dye ones with the blue and green. Those ones, as much people hated those like those tie-dye jerseys, I actually liked them a lot. I still want to see the Canucks bring back. I do like the Johnny Canuck and the humble abode to that. I still like wish they brought back the black and yellow. I just think it pops so much more uh, on the TV. Um, but if they do go with this, it'll be a nice, you know, pay homage to, you know, the past, you know, before the NHL, because there was hockey in Vancouver before the NHL and a, a grand history of it. So I'm interested to see if this jersey is actually true. Uh, generally with leaks kind of are. Um, I... I have to get used to it. I have to see the whole ensemble with the, the helmets and the gloves before I make a complete judgment of it. Um, the way I would rate jerseys, if I see it, would I wear it in public? Um, this one, I probably would not wear in public. The other reverse retro, I was trying to get my hands on for a while, but wasn't able to. Um, but I would wear that one. I just thought that fits Vancouver more. Uh, but that's what I'm used to. I, I like the Johnny Canuck logo, but I like it in... A smaller side. Remember when they had it with the V on the shoulders? There, I thought that was cool. Um, I like what Abbotsford's done with him. I think that you know, kind of touches the Johnny Canuck um, spot with a lot of people, but also uh, has it on a more prominent basis. So, I prefer. I would love to see the you know the fly, of course the flying skate, but also the flying V, the black flying V. I think the Canucks should bring that back. Um, I like not the yellow, but if the Canucks were to bring back the black flying V. Uh, in some aspect, whether that's a reverse retro jersey or something, I think that would look super sick. They brought it back once, the yellow ones, but if they brought back the black flying V, um, I think that would look hard. I think that would look sick. Um, and I think the Canucks should definitely bring that back. So let me know what you think with the Canucks potential reverse retro jersey in the comment section below. Uh, again, this has been Locked on Canucks. I want to thank you for making Locked on Canucks your first listen of the day. Of course, tomorrow we will continue on with our player progressions uh, for the next season. We will dive into the defense, uh, maybe some more Jersey talk, um, and we will see what happens with Canucks line tomorrow. But uh, I want to thank you all. I will talk to you tomorrow. Stay safe, take care, um, and enjoy. Simple as that. <laughs>